0: Battlefields. Our minds have been overactive since COVID took over the world and our personal spaces. Constantly, our thoughts capture us with concerns over physical health, financial welfare, social safety. Between the media messages that threaten doom to social media that spins tales of gossip and gloom, we are barraged with negative news. Add to this the television offerings of soaps and dramatic comedies presenting mischief and mayhem. It's hard to find a positive report. All of these things combined can certainly send us into a tailspin. For instance, John and I, like many of you, want to turn on the television and watch a program that presents a morally uplifting message in which people aren't lying, cheating, stealing, deceiving, or harming someone else to get ahead. It's been difficult. Most shows now present a world morally bankrupt and spiritually dead, which adds to our despair. We ask ourselves, is there anything good left in the world? In fact, I was checking out new television series opening in 2020 and found a disturbing collection of demon hunting programs. One eluding a religious connection, as so many of them do, even titled their various episodes from passages in the Bible, including Ephesians six eleven, suggesting that God sends ordinary people back from the dead to fight the devil. For far too long, if the film industry can't convince its viewers that morality doesn't matter, they try to rescript the character of God and diminish his majesty. It's no doubt that we are in a battle, but it's for our souls and the souls of the lost that the battle rages. What we fill our minds with matters. Therapists, Kathy McCotal writes, imagining what the future will bring post-pandemic is daunting for most of us. Our brains are wired to choose negative scenarios over positive ones. She suggests that we can't see life without physical distancing and maths as required outdoor attire and warns us we have to start imagining a brighter future. It seems our minds are a whirlwind, swirling with thoughts of a pandemic without end. Instead of concentrating on faith and family and friends, we are driven by fear and failure and finances. Psychologist Diane Barth recounted the kind of thoughts that seem to be driving people right now with one moaning that I miss my friends. I miss getting together in large groups. I miss movies. Another saying I miss travel and the freedom to go where I want, when I want. And another says I'm terrified that I'm going to lose my job. I won't be able to pay for housing, food, daily bills. I'm worried all the time. Many can relate to these distresses and to escape these disturbing thoughts we slip into the solace of viewing mindless television, which offers a worldview at distinct odds with God's. Undoubtedly, the Philippians had such fears for Paul wrote these words to them. Don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. When did Paul write these wise words? Was he safely ensconced in the home of a wealthy friend, surrounded by supportive individuals? No. He was under house arrest in Rome. His future was uncertain, and on any given day, he was uncertain if he'd be executed. Yet despite his perilous circumstances, he was confident of God's presence, treasured God's peace, secure in his eternity and God's love. He lived what he spoke and he prayed instead of craved, thanked instead of fretted, and he encouraged his readers to do the same. But there was one more thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Practice, Paul says, what I've taught you. Then the God of peace will be with you. Where have your thoughts flown to lately? Or worse, where do your thoughts dwell? What you've lost or don't have? What you might lose or can't have? our thoughts can really kick us about, giving us bruises of doubt and despair. Years ago, I went through the book, Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Myers with my women's Bible study group. Although published in 2002, it seems to address the issues of worry, doubt, confusion, depression, anger, and condemnation that has attacked so many of us during this pandemic. Myers warns that our enemy seeks to attract our mind with his negativity, but God can give us the victory over these dark thoughts. We see this clearly in the passage on warfare in the Bible in which we're advised to put on all of God's armor so that we'll be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so we'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, we will be standing firm. It's no doubt that we've been a little wobbly lately and our knees have threatened to weaken because our thoughts have been focused on worldly concerns on what humanity is doing to one another and not on what God has done and is doing for us. That's why we need to wear the helmet of salvation, for a helmet covers our head, protecting our mind from thoughts of doubt, fear, and despair. Why are thoughts of our salvation so important in countering these doubts? Salvation is defined as deliverance from danger or suffering. It suggests protection and carries the idea of victory, health, or preservation. In the worldly sense, it may suggest physical deliverance, such as the deliverance of Peter in Acts 12 or Paul from prison in Acts 16, but not everyone receives this deliverance as we see with Stephen in Acts 7 or James in Acts 12, who both were executed. Thus, salvation is more than physical deliverance. Salvation is deliverance of our soul from sin and death, as we read in Romans 5, Romans 3, and Romans 6, and opens a door to eternity with God. Salvation is the grace-filled, mercy-filled gift of God and can only be realized through Jesus Christ. It's accomplished through his sacrificial death and glorious resurrection. And thinking on what Jesus has done for us can chase away every earthly fear. As the prophet Isaiah assures us, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. And we are to invite the Holy Spirit to test us and know our anxious thoughts. And then we are advised to let the Spirit renew our thoughts and attitudes. For God's thoughts are much higher, better, brighter, more beautiful than our thoughts, Isaiah tells us. And the world's thoughts, Jesus says, they're caught up in worldly things what to eat, what to wear, but as God knows all these things and has solutions to provide for us already in place, we don't need to worry about such things, Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, which then gives us the freedom to think about those things that are on His mind. (laughs) How do we do this? It's by taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. In the passage in 2 Corinthians 10, Paul explains that we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. What are God's mighty weapons? One is salvation through Jesus Christ. Two is humility, not thinking of ourselves as greater or lesser than we should. Christ himself showed us this as we read in Philippians 2. Three is to trust, as we're told in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. 4 is setting our minds on godly things, as we read in Colossians 3. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not on the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Five is to strengthen our minds through self-control. As we read in Romans 12, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into the new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know, learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Proverbs 23, seven declares, for as he thinks, within himself, so he is. Thus, as we are spending so much time thinking these days, let's make sure what our thoughts are about. Let's concentrate On what God is doing in our lives. All those great things, his faithfulness, goodness, and mercy, which is new every morning. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease, we're told. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. If a weeping, prophet like Jeremiah can write these words in a book titled Lamentations, so can we depend upon the Lord, for he will never let us down. Amen, beloved. Amen.